0: Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Neighbors podcast with Nexpert, the show where we talk to community members across the U.S. to see what it's really like to live in their town and what you should know before purchasing a home there. Today, we're talking to Melanie Swayze about Jamaica Plain. Could you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Ryan. My name is Melanie Swayze. I am a residential realtor with Unlimited Sotheby's International Realty. It's a brokerage based in the Boston area. We have locations in the Jamaica Plain neighborhood, in the town of Brookline, and in the city of Newton, Massachusetts. And I am the founder of the Good Boston Living team. I'm happy to tell you more about my team.
0: Do your team members mostly cover the Jamaica Plains area or do they cover all those areas you mentioned?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So, Um, mostly we work by referral. So my business has been in place since 2010 and I've gradually grown my team over the years. So I'm still the team lead. I'm the main advisor on our group. And then we have folks who are helping in different capacities. Um, and yes, we actually work throughout Metro Boston. So beyond even the towns that we mentioned, generally speaking, I like to describe it as within 30 to 45 minutes drive of central Boston. Um, So we do cover the immediate surrounding suburbs as well. Um, And one of the draws of the locations where our office is is the Longwood Medical Area. That's actually a campus of teaching hospitals, Harvard University-affiliated teaching hospitals, and Biopharma and other Uh, institutions like that that are connected to the medical industry. That's one of the draws that brings people to this area.
0: Is there anything else that is maybe drawing people to the Boston area that you cover?
1: You know, it's a good question. I would say on the whole, you can drill down to certain neighborhoods and um, certain neighborhoods have their own character. Today, I'll talk a lot about the neighborhood of Jamaica Plain. Um, And so you can see a stack of walks of life that people come in from. So a lot of that are medical fellows who've recently been placed at one of the hospitals, um, researchers, that sort of thing, people who work in pharmaceuticals, but then there are also a lot of academics. So people who are on the teaching side, there are also a lot of uh, community activists and artists. So some neighborhoods have been like populated over the last number of decades by people who've decided to invest and build community here very much from the ground up very much to make their neighborhoods feel uh, economically rich and mixed. And so Jamaica Plain is very much that. It's one of the perfect examples of that. So we'll talk about that. I had actually mentioned working by referral because often people will ask me, oh, are you a Jamaica Plain agent? And that's partly because I live in Jamaica Plain and my brokerage office that I work from is in Jamaica Plain. Um, But really I don't describe what we do in our team by geography as much as i describe it by the culture of um advising so it's very much word of mouth 85 percent of our business over the last decade plus has come and continues to come by word of mouth and so that is in these neighborhoods that we're working in but then also surrounding communities that kind of go out in an outer ring because people might have bought their first home in the city five 10 years ago and now they're upsizing to move out to the suburbs and then vice versa we also work with a lot of clients who've been in the outer ring um suburbs and they are now ready to downsize and they want to be landing in the urban environment so a lot of that business that we're doing across these different geographical spots comes by way of conversations connections people knowing us through multiple networks um, of personal relationship building
0: so you did highlight there's a lot of different regions that people could potentially consider you know there's some people who are moving into the city building up equity and maybe moving out to areas with um, more expansive properties Um, you know if people are visiting the boston area and just trying to get a feel for which area is right for them are there Mm -hmm. any activities or um, things you recommend they check out
1: you know there are a number of things that you can think of kind of like the boston tourist experience And a lot of what people zone in on um, for that kind of experience is downtown. So downtown is actually pretty walkable. There are a number of harbor walk areas and pocket parks throughout downtown where you can get a sense of old Boston. So uh, cobblestone streets like in Beacon Hill, uh, where the state capitol is, and where you're going to see rows of gorgeous uh, brick townhouses. Um, same kind of thing if you go down the hill to Newbury Street, where you're going to still see that kind of architectural fabric, but there's a lot more kind of a dynamic um, street shopping and eating and dining, a lot of like cafe culture and high-end shopping. And that all is lined by one of the waterfronts in Boston. So there's the ocean side that, and then there's also the Charles River. The Charles River runs north out of boston up through cambridge and further north but there are parts of the Charles that you can interact with right in downtown boston so along newbury street you can walk right out to the boston waterfront and there is a lovely esplanade a walkway um with where you can actually take kayaks out and be on the water you there's a stage there um where there's plays and concerts throughout the summer so there are lots of Uh, areas like that where you get a feel for like downtown urban life. Another area is the Rose Kennedy Greenway. That's right Uh, running along the financial district, also close to the big waterfront area of Boston. Um, You'll see big art sculptures and uh, art installations that change throughout the year. So there's a lot to do downtown in that kind of tourist experience way. Shopping, eating, theater, some outdoor sports. And then if you go into the neighborhoods, Boston is very much a city of neighborhoods. I tend to think of it as walkable. It's also pretty bikeable as long as you, you know, you have a kind of intrepid sense of dealing with traffic. Um, but <laughs> if you're good with biking and traffic as a commuter, you would like Boston because there's lots of ways you can snake your way through the neighborhoods. And the neighborhoods have their own distinct cultures. It's almost like the neighborhoods are their own towns in some ways um so there's the downtown life and then when as you get further in you'll learn more about the distinctive quality of tucked in areas
0: so i know today our focus is jamaica plain how would you describe that area to someone who's maybe never heard of it
1: um jamaica plain is interesting to think about because it has this unusual stack of what i call all the things um it has a lot of what people who tend to be in the New England area are looking for. So for example, outdoor life and sort of small town, central business district walkability cafe life. So I describe JP as we call it casually as an urban village. It's got different nodes to it, but it's actually not a big space. It's about um, four miles all around population of 40,000, and there's a long history of people making great effort to keep the neighborhood mixed and keep business local. So you're not likely to find, aside from maybe a Dunkin Donuts, which is a Boston based chain, you're really unlikely to find many chain businesses in Jamaica Plain, for example. They're locally owned, small shop, small town kind of feel, but right on the subway, with a number of parks. You almost can't walk more than maybe six to 10 blocks without running into some kind of green space. In Jamaica Plain, another layer of why I call it having all the things is it has one of these important stacks that people want if they're in an urban area, which is how can I get to green space? And Jamaica Plain has probably a thousand acres of green space between Jamaica Pond, between the historic Forest Hill Cemetery, which is actually um, designed to be a place for contemplation. There are ponds in there. It's a gorgeous rolling hills um, sort of place. Um, There's the Arnold Arboretum, which is the curated space by Harvard University. It's basically a big horticultural lab, outdoor lab, um, with all different kinds of tree life and plant life that changes throughout the year. So there are places that you can go and um, basically commune in the outdoor world without leaving the neighborhood. Um, and so people do that every day, all day. Jamaica Pond is one of those places that when I first moved here, I felt like, wow, this is what you call a democratic use of space. You know, I studied urban planning and you try to think about how are places constructed where anybody from any walk of life can converge with others. Jamaica Pond is one of those places. So you'll find middle-aged folks, taking their stroll. You'll find folks working out um, on rollerblades. You'll find people with their dogs. You'll find people with their babies. You know, it's, it's really everybody in all the things you'll find people fishing. They do catch and release fishing in the pond. You can take your um, kayak out on the pond and that's all in a little urban neighborhood, but from sunup to sundown and frankly beyond sundown because Jamaica Plain folks do not like to be told to go inside, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so even past sundown when you're supposed to leave the pond, you'll find people walking the pond. So for a lot of people, it's a daily ritual or multiple times a day ritual. It's a place of convergence. And so there are a lot of actually spots like that in the neighborhood where there are parks or cafes where people just meet up or run into each other. So it's hard, for example, for me to go grocery shopping or run any kind of errand without running into people I know. Now, part of that is I've lived in the neighborhood for 18 years. Part of that is I sell real estate, so I interact with a lot of people. I also chair the board of a really special nonprofit that's been in existence for almost 350 years. It's the oldest continuously running uh, manual arts school in the country also based here in the historic section of Jamaica Plain. So because of all those different ways areas of life that I touch I do know a lot of people but it's very much a JP thing as we call J- Jamaica Plain. It's very much a JP thing that you can't go out onto the main boulevard center street without running to someone you know. So you get all of this kind of small town life but with an urban sensibility with a lot of uh, community activism, art, outdoor life, playing. Um, and one of the things I like to describe to people about JP is if you come to the neighborhood, either in the midst of winter where there's like deep snow, piles of snow, or in the middle of the summer, hot day, you're going to find people outside playing. So if it's deep snow, you're going to see people actually, um, sledding down one of the main avenues. People just get out into the street, people go out to the pond, they're sledding, they're skiing right down urban streets. Like, JP is like that. Or on Sunday afternoon, you're gonna be, see people out with their dogs all day in the park, or riding down the street on a tandem bike. So it's a place also that I describe, like, where people don't grow up. You can have your very well-respected professional life, you can be an academic, you can be uh, the leader of a nonprofit. you can be somebody who's a, a mover and shaker politically or in the art scene or what have you, but also you're just down to earth hanging out with your friends and goofing off. I mean JP is just like that. So there are a lot of community festivals where people get out in the street and just play. so it's it's that kind of sweet place. and so you can get that in a lot of New England. New England is very much, small town kind of neighborhood nooky places but it's nice to get that in the city and there are other cities that you can get that too somerville which is north of boston very much like that as well very funky very cool um cambridge is also like that but i would say with more of a transient population but jp and other parts of boston like that have their own special character that you know i love to promote and often when people come in from communities like I call, there are a lot of places that I call sister communities to Jamaica Plains. So you've got like Raleigh-Durham area in North Carolina, Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon, um, San Francisco, particularly the Mission, parts of Brooklyn, New York. You've got, it's this kind of back and forth of people moving between those communities and Boston because they feel similar. And it's really just nice to see it's like a certain culture a certain fit a certain vibe as folks would say um and so it's a good place a jumping off point to get to know the city in a neighborhood way
0: and i'm i'm so glad that you highlighted all of those green and outdoor spaces i think that's just so important you know if you if you want to take a break from work and you want to go on a stroll it's so wonderful to have access to those things um i'm curious just because of your tremendous involvement in the arts. Are there any, you know, museums or galleries that people could potentially check out when they're oh, visiting?
1: Oh, fun. Yeah, so happy to tell you about that. And I will also say, given how neighborhoody um some of these locales are, you will also find people working, a lot of people work from home. Even before the pandemic, you'll find people working from home, and a lot of that working from home is outdoors. When the weather is nice, people are outside. So they're in the parks, they're at cafes, they're on the sidewalk at the cafes doing their work. And so it's very much like life is outside. Um, Speaking of which, I mean, happily talk about museums. I was just at the Institute of Contemporary Art a couple nights ago for a live performance uh, on the waterfront inside the museum, but with an interior auditorium that faces the water, really gorgeous space. And that was a performance um, by a new to soon to open cafe that's gonna be opened up in a historically black neighborhood in Boston, which is called Roxbury. It's gonna be in the heart of Roxbury um, section called Nubian Square. Um, While they're building out their physical space, they're basically doing their programming at the Institute of Contemporary Art. So they just started that. Um, And so I went to their first performance. It was live combination of classical gospel and jazz on stage, remarkable, lovely. So you get downtown and you go to the farthest point along the water where there actually is a harbor walk where you can snake around the edge of the city right along the water. This area where the ICA is, the Institute of Contemporary Art, it's Boston's uh, prime contemporary art museum. It's in an area that is called the seaport. And honestly, the, the ICA was an anchor before anyone even saw what could be the seaport. I mean, we've seen the seaport dramatically I mean more than dramatically it's it's completely done a 180 from industrial parking lots to now basically blocks and blocks and blocks of mall shopping (laughs) you know it's sort of like uh, walking parks food um entertainment and the ICA is one of the nodes there it's like one of the little hubs that it was there before anyone saw what could be and so I definitely tip my hat and bow to the folks who decided to um, move the ICA there probably it was about 20 years ago and so much has changed in the last I mean, yeah just about 20 years ago so much has changed in the last 10 years it's remarkable so this the seaport area is a really fun spot to go if you're into high-rise um, sort of a glass building uh, architecture that's not downtown financial district, it's more downtown waterfront, parks, shopping, food, theater. Um, so that's one place uh, where you can go and see art. Um, another place is a little bit, not a little bit, a well further in um, to an area that's basically just outside of. Um, Berkeley College of Music. So that's another area of Boston that a lot of people come in for from around the world. People are coming to institutions here. And so we mentioned, of course, Harvard, right? That's in Cambridge. We mentioned a number of the teaching hospitals affiliated with Harvard, but there's also Berkeley College of Music. Um, There's New England Conservatory. So there's an area where these Um, sought-after music institutions that are world-renowned are located. And not far from there are two really special museums. One is the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, a small space that was actually, I believe it was the home of Isabella Stewart Gardner. She uh, was an art collector and you can still walk through that space. There's a beautiful atrium where people have concerts Some friends of mine who are um, Uh, classical musicians have done all kinds of interesting world premieres of their compositions there in this courtyard of the Isabella Stewart Um, so they have a contemporary wing and they have her collections and then there's another museum that if you think art museum in Boston you're going to think the MFA that's a museum of fine arts and they have a wide array of collections um, and that's right on huntington ave easy to get to on the bus easy to get to on the subway um and also surrounded by a beautiful area called the fenway um so more more parkland more green areas where you can walk be outside spend the day at the museum get food Um, and it's also, yeah, there are other, as I talk about it, there are other institutions that are studded around it. There's a museum school, which is a college just for museum arts. There's a Northeastern university. So there are a number of institutions all, um, clustered around. And in the midst of them, there are art institutions too. So it's a, it's a lot to see and take in. You can do it all by foot or by bus or by subway.
0: Thank you for highlighting that all. You definitely are a wealth of knowledge, clearly, when it comes to our activities in the area. Um, I am curious. So you've said you've been living in that area for about 18 years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you did mention that, you know, growth of, you know, our activities and businesses kind of along the water. Are there any other major changes you've noticed in that time?
1: It's a really good question. I mean, I think that's the most stark and dramatic change that most people probably didn't see coming. We wouldn't have envisioned that kind of evolution of the space that is the seaport area. Um, But you're seeing a continual gradual change throughout all of Boston, I would say. Fortunately or unfortunately, we have a certain kind of historic character that people think of as Boston. You're not typically going to find houses higher than four stories. So even though there's a constant conversion of people moving here, we don't have that kind of vertical density that you might think of when you think of, um, a very urban city or a very urban, um, locale. And so because of that, because of zoning, basically zoning restrictions and neighborhood pushback where people don't wanna change the character of the neighborhoods, even though they wanna keep the neighborhoods affordable, there's this constant tension of how do we make things more dense so that there can be more people close in so that there's more economy of scale, so that there's more affordability close to the train versus having only a few things that people can build that developers can build and then more and more people going further out to the suburbs when they need more space because they can't afford that space close in
0: have you have you noticed any changes in the amount of people moving um during covid because we have seen from our side a lot of people um are taking you know wanting to get out of the city and wanting to move more to those suburban areas um i'm just curious how that has affected jamaica plain
1: yeah i mean it's i would i would talk about it more about the greater boston area generally rather than jamaica plain which jamaica plain is actually a small neighborhood i like to i like to compare jamaica plain to other places because even though it's a small neighborhood it almost has the Kind of personality of its own town but then you forget it's actually not a town it's just a neighborhood <laughs> in a city and that city is part of a um it's part of a metropolitan region and so i would say it's easier to talk about what people have done in terms of moving related to the metropolitan region and i would say absolutely during the height of the lockdown we had a flight outward we had a lot of people moving not just to those immediate suburbs but to other um towns that you don't affiliate with in your mind with the boston area so people were moving out of state people were moving to providence rhode island people were moving to parts of maine people were moving to new hampshire vermont Um, and that's true that's been true all over the country similar example is people leaving new york city and moving to the catskills or moving to the berkshires in massachusetts right moving out to the country but we also saw people staying close in and just getting bigger places it really has to do with the kind of money in there for mobility that people have, because that intensity that I was describing in the market here did not come from the pandemic for Boston. We've had a really, really tight housing market for over a decade. And so certain things got dialed up and intensified because of this rush to move and get more space. Um, But generally speaking, the market was already tight and has remained tight, <laughs> you know? So we've seen some people say, okay, it's time to get that house out in the country. It's the time to get that house out in the woods, or it's time to get that second house. Um, but at the same time, we've seen people stay close to in and just try to get a place that has one more room or one more bathroom, or at least one more half bathroom. Uh, cause those are the kinds of things that people compete for in the immediate, immediate urban environment. So I know that, because people are working from home more and more there's more of a focus on having that space where you can both have one or two adults working from home plus space for their kid or kids plus maybe space for an in-law to come take care of the kids or a nanny or what have you but that all was already true in Boston so I don't know that I would say that what we're continuing to experience at this point is about the pandemic you know I think there's a lot of settling down of people saying yeah i'm working from home half the week now and i'm only commuting in part of the time but that's not as much going to determine where i decide to live um i'll give an example we um just helped some folks put a home under contract they're actually closing this week they're relocating from indiana so very very different almost like a different planet compared to uh, New England and compared to an urban center in New England. They're used to being in a place where you have to drive for 30 minutes to get to things. Um, and here they're going to be work. One of them is going to be working at a university. The other one's going to be working from home. Um, and the one who's working from home said, you know, I'd like to be able to not have to get in my car and go to be able to go to a cafe or a shop that would be really nice as long as we can afford to be close in and have that and the other person was like look we're used to driving 45 minutes to commute to work so we're willing to do that if we have to but could we be some where we can take the train the subway that is to work or even walk even if it's a mile walk to work um so what we did was focus on what's as close in as they can actually afford even though one of them works from home entirely and the person who works at a university is only on campus half the week. They still wanted to be close in, you know? And so I think that there is this idea of people going out and getting more space but there's also this idea of people staying in and being having that more centrally located life and we're finding that across all walks of life so whether it's people's first home or whether they're downsizing or whether they're slightly upsizing because now they have one more child or they have an elder parent coming to live with them generally speaking people are trying to be as close in as they can afford. That said, because housing is so expensive and competitive within the you know inner areas of the uh, metropolitan area, we are seeing people go much farther out. And what I'm hearing from more and more people is, look, if I have to go 45 minutes out um, from the city, then I might as well really go out to the country. So we're seeing the extremes of some people wanting to stay as close in as they possibly can afford. And other people being like, All right, well, here's our chance. Let's really go out to the country. Let's go to Vermont. Let's go to Maine. So does that, you know, it's really across the map. I wouldn't say that there's one trend. It really has to do with people's resources and what they need for what stage of life they're at.
0: If there is someone right now trying to relocate to Jamaica Plain, do you have any advice for them?
1: Yeah, I always think it's good, whether it's Jamaica Plain or any place. If you can spend two days even, Um, Get an Airbnb and stay in a neighborhood, stay in a location that you feel like might be a location that you'd want to wake up in, you know, um, when you're doing your day to day life. And then try to live like a local. So do the things folks are doing. If it's the weekend that you're in town, do some of the things people are doing during the day on the weekend and see what that's like. If you can straddle and have a weekend day and a weekday, go ahead and do a commute. Um, Wake up in the morning, get on the train or do the drive and see what that's like. Um, So do the daytime activities and the evening activities and take notes. And it might be that like with that couple from Indiana, we're looking in a whole wide array of towns because they had a seven day window in which they could be uh, in New England, in the Boston area. They wanted to figure out could they put a home under contract. Uh, in that period of time, because that was gonna be the only time they were gonna get to visit Boston. So we really tried to max out their time where they uh, stayed in one hotel in one area, but then they spent their days driving around to and from other areas and commuting as if they were in some of those other areas. So that worked for them, even though we were looking at, uh, like, we looked at about four different towns um, outside of Boston, about 30 minutes outside of Boston for them and ended up actually getting them something very close to Boston. Uh, But that that footwork that we did made it count and made them realize, oh, it's actually worth it for us to spend a little bit more, have a little bit less space to be closer in. In their case, that's what they decided to do. But they wouldn't have come to that had they only looked at the map had they only had a conversation with me by phone, which was informative for them. But once they got on the ground and were driving around and getting a sense of the character of communities and realized, oh, it really is nice to be in a town and close to things. Um, they wanted to be close to this area called the Middlesex Fells, which, which has uh, miles and miles of trails. So we were able to do that for them. I would say it's really good to just get on the ground and see what it's like to be in a place and where do you want to have leisure? Where do you want to hang out? If people are going to come and visit you and stay with you, what do you want to be doing with them? Not just how do I get to and from work, but like what is my life? And that's true even if you live already in the in the Boston area. I have people really try to think about what is your life if you're planning to have a child or a child is on the way, picturing Who's coming to visit you where are they coming from how easy is it for them to come how easy is it for people to stay over and help with a baby honestly all of that stuff matters in an urban environment so like are are there nanny shares are there um um really good home run um daycare centers or you know house home small daycare centers in the area that you're thinking about moving if not how are you going to get to and from those services how are you going to navigate rush hour traffic to do child drop off and pick up if you're also commuting for work? So we're really trying to have people get a feel of the on the ground life um, before they hone in on a, on a community.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think there's nothing that can really replace just being somewhere physically. And I'm glad that you, you know, directed them to see, you know, what's it like to commute? Um, I think that's a really actual unique way to look at it um Mm -hmm. so i think that's a great service that you're offering um i do wonder if someone is coming you know for a day or two and they Mm want to get a feel for a local life are there any you know common places that people go on the weekend are there any you know like a farmer's market anything like that
1: great example great example of farmers market so then let's zoom back down into jamaica plain um i like to have an initial conversation with folks and figure out what is their life, as you know, as I was just saying, and what kinds of things would they want to interact with. Um, And then we map out an actual tour for them to say, okay, start your morning around this time, go here for breakfast, you know, stop at Ula Cafe, um, stop at this other coffee shop after you've uh, walked for a while. If you're a runner, make sure you run around Jamaica Pond or run a trail through Franklin Park. Um, if you're really into the farmers market, sure, you can try the Saturday market um, near the pond at Jamaica Plain. But actually, you probably want to check out the Rosendale Farmers Market. Rosendale is a neighborhood just south of Jamaica Plain, bordering um, where the last uh, subway stop is in Jamaica Plain. Um, that's the beginning of Rosendale, and about a mile from there is uh, Rosendale Village. And that is actually Boston's largest neighborhood farmer's market. There are farmer's markets all over, but this one is the largest one. People come from all around to go to the Rosendale farmer's market. There's often live music, kids are out playing, lots of vendors prepared food as well as produce. And so say, okay, um, check out the Rosendale farmer's market and then work your way back, skirting through the Arnold Arboretum. If you're really into walking, take one of the trails through the Arboretum to get yourself back to central JP. And then here's where you should stop for either, um, you know, Mexican street food or um, tapas or um, really good uh, Vietnamese pho, you know? So we, we can give you a sense of like, what are the things you like to do? What are the things that would make you happy when you're just hanging out and map out a route like that um, to explore?
0: We've had people have
1: really good success with that, especially people who don't know, you know, if they have heard of the neighborhood and they really don't know how to make their way around, they don't have a sense of the outlines of the neighborhood, then we just give them a really tactical on-the-ground feel, you know. You might say, okay, um, there's an art walk happening this weekend, make sure to stop, you know, get this map, do the art walk, or there's a historic tour happening, um, make sure you stop in on that tour or sign up for that tour. So we can always give people a sense of things that are happening in the now. Um, and then there are also things on the calendar that we know happen throughout the year. So, um, there's a, a festival literally called wake up the earth to greet the spring that takes over one central corridor of the uh, neighborhood on a Saturday in May, the beginning of May. And you can't come to Jamaica Plain and not be at wake up the earth, right? So that's live music and food and art making and um, just people hanging out, like everyone's out in the street. There's a children's parade. Uh, We just had uh, last week, right before um, Halloween, an annual lantern festival where people from all ages come out and walk to make a pond in the dark with handmade lanterns and there's live music and you're just things are lit up with people in their costumes lit up because everyone's carrying a, a lantern and so it's those kinds of experiences where you can help have people drop in and just get a feel of like the taste of the life taste of the community how do people hang out what are people doing um, Together, um so yeah, it's it's a fun way to help people get a get a feel, and we like to customize that experience for who the people are and how they might plug in. Like I said, some people are like we like to hike, some people are like we like to run, some people are like we like to cook, and so we like to try to give them an experience that really matches what their life is about.
0: Yeah, I, that's I'm I'm honestly blown away. I feel like a lot of the times the tours people get are you know just kind of driving around. But the fact that mm. it sounds like it's so customized, um, you know, I loved when you said, oh, oh, you're a runner. OK, well, make sure you run around Jamaica Pond. Um, I think that's just wonderful. Um, are there any other, you know, I know you talked about Wake Up the Earth Festival and the Lantern Festival. Um, are there any other major events that happen throughout the year that people should be aware of?
1: Ooh, let's see. Those are two biggies. Um I'm sure I'm drawing a blank, but I am actually thinking as uh, you're talking about uh, other things people can do to get to know the neighborhood. If I'm trying to think about the neighborhood as a tourist, um, another thing actually is the Sam Adams Brewery. Uh, So people know Sam Adams beer, and so the brewery is based in Jamaica Plain, and they do really nice uh, programming. Can go in and do tastings. They've got an outdoor eating area, Um, so that's another fun thing to do on another strip. There's another commercial strip in Jamaica Plain that runs along another park. Uh, the Southwest Corridor Park, uh, which runs along the train line. And there's a really cool story about how that park came to be. That's all uh, based in community uh, work, community activism, um, and all based in actually how the the, uh, Wake Up the Earth Festival came to be. Basically, there was a going to be a state highway route running through the neighborhood along where the The subway now runs and where there's all these parks right above the subway. There's community gardens, tennis courts, basketball courts. Um, There's a um, uh, what do you call it when people do the um, on their skateboard skate park. There's all of that running along the southwest corridor park. But that had been slated to be a state highway route and people from the south of Boston all the way north stopped the state they had already um knocked down this happened i believe in the 1960s they had knocked down the homes of a lot of poor people and were going to make way for a highway that would have bifurcated the neighborhood in a significant way and people said no and so as a result of that the celebration of that win the Wake Up the Earth Festival came about. And um, so the community worked over a period of a decade to draw out plans to create a park and and to have the subway line run through that area that was going to be a highway. Um, So all of that, like going and hanging out in that area and having a sense of that history and then hanging out at the brewery, or hanging, which is run by a local nonprofit, um, are uh, hanging out at Chilcates, which is a local Dominican run. it's actually Dominican owned, but a Mexican street food um, place. Like to have that kind of experience really gives you a sense of like the multiplicity of culture here and why people stay. You know, I called Jamaica Plain a spot of like, um, I call it a place that has all the things and that there, it has a boomerang effect. So people might actually leave the neighborhood at some point to go do other things. Let's say to have their children in school in the suburbs or what have you, but often people will boomerang right back once they're done with the thing that they had to leave the neighborhood for they find a way back in (laughs) and so there's just a lot of uh sort of ties and history and culture and um community connections that people find um really fulfilling and nourishing and they're very vested in it and so you can feel that when you're going into any of these locally run businesses it's not just like oh this is cool and hip it's locally owned there's a story there's a connection um and so it's fun to be able to give newcomers or visitors um a real a taste of that
0: yeah and it just seems like your community is so invested in itself just you know your story of the um why we have the wake of the earth festival i i love that um because i do think too you find communities like that and it's Not only are people invested in the community, but they're invested in each other and each other's success. Well said. So that's really wonderful to hear. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, you did mention earlier in the winter, you'll see people sledding and really kind of enjoying the park still. Um, Could you talk a little bit more about what the weather is like in your area?
1: (laughs) To laugh okay so uh, if you're moving to New England and you don't already live in New England uh, get ready to just lean in you know I would say we're not like Chicago in that it's like brisk windy city where the the wind chill is gonna get right to your bones but winter can be deep and long here <laughs> so winter can sometimes feel like it starts in October although uh, we can have snow certainly in November. All that is changing. I would say even honestly, in the time that I've been in Boston, I've seen a change in terms of climate um, activity. It's just different. Our winters aren't as predictable um, in the way that they used to be. Um, But yes, it can get very cold here and it can stay cold for a long time. We can get lots of snow and the fall can be very chilly as well. Think of quintessential like New England fall, what you might see in the movies where people have multiple layers on and they've got their scarves and their mittens. That's what it's like here. You dress in layers, you're ready for whatever because the weather really can change dramatically. It could start out 40 degrees in the morning and by afternoon it's 65, 70 degrees and that's a whole different climate. <laughs> so um, that was true before climate change even. And so um, people just need to be ready for long winters it gets dark early. I mean, at this point now, sun is, the sun is going down around five thirty. uh, in probably six weeks or so the sun will probably set as early as four thirty. Um, and so even more important that people find ways to converge and hang out. Um, there was a beloved cafe that just closed here recently that people love. People would go there. This is pre pandemic, of course, um, go there and sit around a fire, you know, um, So people really find ways to hang out like that and warm up, but it is cold. And then as soon as it starts to get warm, everyone's outside, um, in the parks, on the street. So it's very much people celebrate the weather and people lean into it.
0: Yeah, you gotta make the best with what you
1: have. And and Bostonians are really intrepid. I mean, there are people I know, I have friends who um, bike year round, no matter what the weather. So you'll see people biking, you'll definitely see people walking. Jamaica Plain especially is very much a walking neighborhood. Uh, So people often keep their cars parked and they are only driving if they have to. They're on foot for errands, for hanging out with friends, even for grocery shopping. People are doing things on foot, locally, around the corner, down the street and, Um, you just, you just layer up for it. So I would say that it doesn't get desolate in the winter, but the winter can be long.
0: And then I, I, you have done this already in so many ways um, mentioned, you know, how you can really experience the community, but if you're planning on moving there, are there any, you know, like new home buyers groups or anything that people can get involved in just to kind of meet new people?
1: Oh, wow, to meet new people. So those are almost two different questions to me. Um, you know, let, again, let's keep zoomed in on JP, um, for meeting people. There's so many ways because there's so many organizations and activities happening. Again, intergenerational ways to plug in, whether it's, uh, community activism or art making, there's lots of things to sign up for and just show up for. And also one of the things I didn't mention is also just breweries. There are, um, besides the Sam Adams Brewery, there's another locally owned brewery right in Jamaica Plain, another a distillery that's just opened up in Rosendale, another distillery that's just opened up in um, Roxbury. And so people are really curating these experiences, ways that people can just come and hang out and get into a specialization of a thing. And the local owners And the people who come there regularly get to know each other. So there's lots of ways to plug in like that. Um, There's volunteering. That's another good way to plug in. Um, They're really, really robust um, local organizations that uh, do good community work um, that have volunteers plug in in all different kinds of ways. But in terms of thinking about how do you navigate the market, that's its own thing. Navigate the market as a home buyer. Um, You can, from time to time, you can sign up at different uh, brokerages might offer First time home buyers course. I know that our brokerage, Unlimited Sotheby's International Realty, has done that over the years. Um, there are also nonprofits that offer first time home buyer courses for buyers. But to be completely sincere, learning the general, like, broad nuts and bolts of how to buy a property is one thing, but really understanding strategy, understanding how that process is mapped out on a given moment given what the market is doing at that time and what that means for you as an individual buyer, given your needs, given the means that you have to work with, the resources you have to work with, that's cash, you know, that you have to work with and given your ability to take risk, all of that is very of the moment. And so generally I believe a buyer is going to get a better, more um, relevant, orientation to how to navigate the market by working with a really solid, uh, real estate agent who's anchored in the market, who's doing a lot of business, who understands what's happening on the ground, both as a buyer's agent and as a seller's agent, you know, someone who's bringing properties to market and watching how they're moving. And then someone all, and, and, and also who is working with buyers to also get properties in that market. That's how you really understand how to plug in, um, in a way that's relevant to the current moment and relevant to who you are as a buyer. So when I talk with folks, we start with the very beginning. People might come to me with an idea of, um, I want a three bedroom condo, or I want a three bedroom, one and a half bathroom condo and really want a garage. And I might know in my mind, that's bananas. You're not getting a garage. A garage is worth $250,000 in these neighborhoods. Uh, let's take that off the table, but da, 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 but actually I don't need to jump there. I can have that in my mind, but I can walk them through What do you actually need? What is the kind of cash you have to bring to the table? Do you have more cash? Do you have money from family that we can leverage? How long do you think you're going to own this house? Because if you're going to buy in a certain location, we want to think about resale. Well, if you're going to buy in any location, we want to think about resale. But if you're going to buy in a certain location where the prices have never been this high, we should think about, could you recapture that? if you needed to sell quickly in two years, right? So thinking about all of that is actually how you understand the market. There's one thing to get a sense of the market geographically and say, oh, I like this neighborhood. It's a whole other thing to understand what it means to own or even to rent in these locations. And a lot of that has to do with you, what you actually need and what you bring to the table. So you might have an idea of like, oh, I would like these things, that's window shopping stuff. But then it's like, what do you actually need? What's worth competing for? Um, How's that gonna give you a return now and in the future? That's the fun stuff. And then you map all of that over the buying process for a different, certain location. So some areas it's like, well, you can expect that you're going to be able to um, buy whatever you want. No big deal. You can compete with anyone. Some so other locations might say, you know, this is a reach for you, but we might be able to get you something on this edge of the neighborhood, right? So all of that is why um, just understanding generally about the first time home buying process isn't necessarily telling you enough. You really need to understand it in the context of location and timing in, in the year for that for that market.
0: If someone does want to reach out to you and your team and kind of start having that talk about their own purchase and starting forming that strategy, is there a particular time that they should reach out to you? And what I mean by that is, should they wait until they're a year out, six months out? Does it matter?
1: That's a really good question. I always tell people, start right away. It's never too early to begin thinking strategy-wise because we can get a really clear assessment of... Um, again, what your means are, means as an M-E-A-N-S, like what is it that you have to bring to the table? Um, Whether we're talking about your credit, whether we're talking about your savings, whether we're talking about stock options you might have access to, or a bonus you might have access to, Or an inheritance from someone who's just passed that you might have all of that stuff can be mapped out, you know, and if it comes down to Oh, we actually want to clean up certain things in your credit, maybe you're paying down this debt over the next six months, or maybe we're waiting until um, your spouse relocates from outside of the country, all that stuff. Um, can be mapped out over time and better to know ahead of time so that you're not scrambling when you're getting near to the time that you actually need to make a move. Um, Another good example is about rent, right? So if you're already renting in the area and you're thinking about buying, the sooner we have a conversation, the better. Because depending on where you rent and what the market is like right now for rentals, it might be worth you breaking a lease or it might not right? So we think about that. Um, the sooner we can talk, the sooner we can plan and, and get and project out. And we don't know everything. For example, we don't know what interest rates might be doing, right? But we can make certain guesses and say, Hey, given your risk tolerance, let's not have you, uh, trying to buy at the height of the season, uh, in spring when everyone is clamoring and desperate, maybe because you've got a flexible lease or a flexible, uh, situation where you can extend your lease by another year or go month to month. We have you do that for the next year, clean up this thing with your credit, save this, whatever, access this family gift, whatever. And then we start looking in the off season in the following year. So it's always good to think in advance and map things out again, according to your priorities, your needs. The sooner we have a conversation, the sooner we can actually start thinking.
0: And if someone does want to reach out to you to have that conversation, how should they get in touch with you?
1: You can find my team at goodbostonliving.com. That's our website. You can also find us on Instagram at goodbostonliving. And the best way to actually reach us for a conversation is to email us at team, T-E-A-M, team, at goodbostonliving.com. And you can also email us directly from our website. Uh, and we will be happy to engage.
0: And lastly, is there anything else you want people to know about Boston or the Jamaica Plain area?
1: Well, Boston is a lovely New England city. If you're into old character or new things uh, as a new architecture, if you're into walkability, you're into green space, you're into uh, very neighborhood centric um, or sort of um, small town feel inside the city, like distinct neighborhood identities, you're probably going to really enjoy Boston. Um, and Jamaica Plain in particular, is just a really fun, sweet place. I'm glad I live here. Um, there are not many other places I would want to live. Um, and so I think that says a lot. I know that, again, it's been over 15 years now, getting closer to 20 at this point, And I never, ever walk around or drive past Jamaica Pond without being in awe, period. It, it doesn't get old. And so I would say that if you want to be in a place that's just delightful and to have neighbors who are just as delighted <laughs> as you to live there and very invested in keeping it delightful for each other and looking out for each other and fighting for each other and creating together, Jamaica Plain is a sweet place to do that um and I'm happy to talk to people about this neighborhood and others there are so many others I haven't mentioned I mentioned Roxbury but Dorchester is actually the biggest neighborhood in Boston so much to say about Dorchester as well we can have another conversation if you want to talk about that Ryan um but yeah I I would say um if you're wanting community life you can find that in Boston yeah
0: that and that is such a wonderful it's like the best postcard you could ever have for an area or the best ad. Well, it was so wonderful having you on. We'll definitely have you back on for Dorchester. Um, I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Thank you, Ryan. A joy to talk with you.
0: Thank you again for tuning in to Know Your Neighbors with NextBurb. We help our clients figure out where they should move based off of things like commute times, home budget, school ratings, access to various amenities such as golf courses, beaches, and much, much more. If you want us to help you figure out where you should live, book a free consultation at NexBurb.com.